0: Two weeks ago, Peggy Lynn Miller, Leslie Perry-Witt, and myself made a detour to Allison's old home. Without giving it any prior thought, I pulled the car off onto Allison's street. It was dark outside and it had been raining. I slowly pulled up to Allison's driveway. No one said a word. This time when Peggy got out and went to the door, someone else answered. With my window rolled down and my hands gripping the steering wheel, I held my breath, closed my eyes. I waited and I listened. I heard Peggy's voice and then a man's voice said hello. There, standing just 10 feet from my car was Billy. I wasn't sure if he could see me. Leslie was in my back seat But she had slid up close to me, like how we used to do when we were kids, and we wanted to be close to what was going on in the front seat. I was using almost every muscle in my body to see, yet stay motionless. I felt maybe if I held my breath, I could summon the hearing power of an elephant. Breathe, she said, as she gently nudged me. Oh yeah, that might help. Over the top of the car parked between us, I was sure he saw me. All I could see were his eyes and the top of his bald head, both of which I studied closely. Every second, my eyes etched his being into my mind. I wanted to run, to forget all of this. My PTSD was creeping up from the depths of my soul, and then the duality of Allison with one L appeared. I wanted to get out and go to him, look him in the eye and introduce myself. There's that southern bleeding heart that always gets me in trouble. Was that face the very last thing that sweet Allison saw when she closed her eyes? Was I this close to a killer? I'm your host, Allison Witten. You're listening to Mistaken for Missing, Episode 4, Tormented. I was graciously retrieved from my quickly deepening rabbit hole when I heard Leslie say, Oh, here she comes. As Peggy got into my car, I hit my lights and hauled ass. I knew already exactly what she was going to say. I heard bits and pieces over my loud thoughts. Billy declined to speak with me. He said that he just couldn't go back there. He'd been through so much and he was just trying to put it all behind him and move on. I never once heard him raise his voice. In fact, I think it was probably all he could do to gather his jaw from off the ground. And so that was it. I felt like someone stopped the 2018 UGA versus Bama National Championship game one minute before it ended. But it turns out everyone who had lived this entire story felt the same way for years. All of you still just waiting for an answer. The last week has been surreal. My phone and Facebook have been going nonstop and that's exactly what I wanted. Every story, every detail, every memory only helps to paint the fuller picture. Something that has remained consistent in all of these testimonies, no matter from whom they came, are all recollections, including Billy in some way. It's not just me he's not speaking to. After his initial statement to police, When they begin to question why he hadn't called hospitals or jails looking for Allison sooner, he lawyered up, and he didn't have much else to say to them either. Surprised? Yeah, I know. When exactly he did this is unclear. After Allison disappeared, William Newman Daly could only be described with one word, tormented. Remember, Allison was just not out on social media broadcasting the innermost workings of her relationship with this man. So while many of her family members and friends living beyond Panama City Beach knew she was with Billy and making it work, it never left the back of their minds that they knew she was gay. And maybe one day this could pose a problem. I mean, they bought a house together, and where I come from, that is a mighty big commitment. In most situations, a house is still going to stand long after relationships or marriage crumble to the ground. Speaking of family, no one knew any of this better than Reggie, Allison's big brother. Reggie was the very first person I spoke to about the idea of doing a podcast. And at the time, he may not have even known what I was talking about. I've kept in contact with him since I was mistaken for missing. I've been diligent in trying to call and text him on holidays and birthdays. And I know Reggie lost a sister. But I feel like I've gained a brother. In my heart of hearts, Believe, as sure as the sun shines, that if I called Reggie, no matter what the situation, he would tear hell apart to get to me and see that I was okay. That's just how he is. And that's how Allison was, too. That is something that no money can buy. Now, he's a little rough around the edges. He's had his scrapes with the law and fought personal problems just like me and you. So you can only imagine exactly how it was about to play out when Reggie found out that his little sister was missing. I've gone back and forth with whether or not I should play his interview. Number one, because he is very set on the fact that Billy is responsible for his sister's disappearance. And he explains that as well as his opinion unmistakably in our interview. The second is that he's had some serious physical injuries and health problems he's dealt with, some of which might make it hard to understand him. That and that he's just 100% plain old country. His accent and personality are priceless. And he is definitely a win when it comes to performing and being behind a microphone. So without any further ado, here is Reggie talking about his take on the situation. Herbert Davis Gruber. Now that's the person that you said.
1: Gruber, all right, this is Gruber story. All right, Gruber's story. Um, Gruber's, have you ever watched The Simpsons? Yes. Do you remember the, uh, who was the dude that uh, owned, like, the power company, uh, Mrs. Burns? Yeah. Okay. If if that dude become human, that is David Groover. (laughs) Uh, I've never seen anything like this in my life. I'm telling (laughs) you the exact truth. I just described him to the detail. The most amazing thing.
0: Remember, Davis Groover was Allison's friend and drug dealer that lived in the neighborhood.
1: But, now, when I went to Groover's house, I went there... And a little bit of unfairness, uh, because uh, my sister was missing. Uh, uh, I pretty you, much, I, w- I would, they
0: would get a knock from me.
1: But shortly after the knock, I was inside the house and all up in the old sand. Uh, it says
0: condition uh, agitated on here. <laughs>
1: and uh, so I went up there. Uh, uh, Gruber uh, very quickly showed me that uh, that he did not hurt my sister. Let, right. let, let me tell you about Dave Gruber. David Gruber was in his late 70s and deeply, madly infatuated with my sister. Yep. My sister owned that man, she had him wrapped around her finger. It, it was and she knew it. I, I listened to her message and I could tell she uh I mean she she appreciated what it was all for right but she didn't she there couldn't love him the way he did her. Cool but man. uh him hurting my sister could not and did not happen. Right. Okay. Uh for many reasons. One, there's no motive for uh, it. Uh it would be a very unnatural thing to happen. And uh when I got there, uh look here. Our first face-to-face was me pushing his door open and him standing there with a look on his face. And uh, this man's response immediately showed me, hey, uh, oh, it, it didn't take long. for uh, Gruber opened up his phone, his records, his computers. He said, here, here's my, everything I have.
0: He was very transparent.
1: Very. And helped me. I'm talking about look here.
0: Is he the one that went with you with the backhoe situation?
1: He paid for it. i done the operation. He paid
0: for it. Okay. That's cool.
1: Uh but he done much more than that. Right. I, I can tell I can tell anybody that wants to die for a second. Let me tell you something. Uh, y'all can think and stink, but I was there, okay? And uh David did not hurt me. Right. William Daly did, and I can tell you uh, the exact minute that I knew that he did. Okay. hmm I went down there to Florida, uh, from Auburn immediately upon hearing she was missing. Took off from work. I mean, dropped my wrench and told my boss I'm out of here. Got the truck. Bam. Mm-hmm. When I got down there, I was calling Billy on the way, and he was like, he was telling me about this group. Well, see, everything I've been told from Austin, I, I'm a Billy sport, so I'm I'm contacting Billy on the pretense of, hey, we've got to find out. Right. Well, I'm listening to him. He thinks I'm listening to him while we're talking. Well, I get down there, and uh, Billy, I guess there's something different about me. Or, uh, I've been told this and, and looking back, I can see where I guess it's like. Yes. So when I arrived on scene, uh, it was a different Reggie. Right. It was a Reggie of, uh, concern. Uh, well, no, it was a Reggie of, uh, there's a robotic mission going on. Oh. Uh, i in other uh, words, uh, I, you're not fooling me. Getting over me. It's going to be, I want some facts. I want some truth. I want something in my face right now produce.
0: Or, yeah. Yeah.
1: And, uh, Billy, uh, I think two things happened. One is he seen me. Me and Alson look a lot alike. Okay? Uh, yes, I can
0: definitely be that. i
1: very much alike. And uh, we, we acted a lot alike. There, there was a lot, of, you know, and seeing me, that had an effect on him. And then, two, the fact that uh, he's seen Alston in a different light. The Alson he had pushed over and strangled was now a man that was standing there telling him, hey, promise you this, there's not one ounce of fear of William Daly in these bones. Right.
0: Last week, I mentioned the tape. This, as you may remember, is the narrative of what happened to Allison and what may have caused her demise. It also alludes to several places that her remains may or may not have been. Sadly, this confession of sorts is not admissible in court due to Florida being a two-party state. This is all something that is beyond sane in my eyes. I'm sure you guys feel the same way. At times throughout the last week, I felt... Like just knowing about it and its content has put myself and others in danger. This is not me being dramatic either. If law enforcement would be of no help, then by God, Reggie was going to help himself. Even if that meant going straight to jail, you'd have to be mighty damn convinced of someone or something to be willing to go straight to jail if you got caught or possibly even killed. Florida is also a stand your ground state. Mr. Daly was on high alert that summer. People had tormented him and vandalized his house. There are public arrest records that speak to the fact that he was dealing with his own helping of grief and misplaced emotion. I know, though, more than one person would gladly swear in a court of law that during those summer months, his walls were adorned with multiple guns and firearms and rounds of ammunition. Billy just seemed to fall deeper and deeper into despair. The state of Florida knew they were present in his home also, which is another thing that's crazy. Because if it's a matter of public record that you suffer from mental illness and have a history of violent behavior, seems like you shouldn't be allowed near weapons. I guess lawyering up makes you invisible and untouchable. Just as fall was beginning to work its way down south, so was Big Brother Reggie. On September nineteenth, two 2016, Reggie decided he would also take matters into his own hands when it came to his baby sister. That's right. While Billy was out of town, Reggie proceeded into the backyard of his sister's former home and began to dig with his recently rented excavator. Oh, and that was courtesy of Davis Groover. I mean, you heard Reggie. So what would lead him to do such a thing? Why there? Why now? We agree you'd have to be willing to bet your life on it. So was it true? What could make him finally decide to take the law in his own hands and go for it? Let's just say the confession and word on the streets was that she hadn't been killed by her friend and drug dealer, Davis Groover. She never left to start a new life. She had been there the whole time. And where exactly was that, you ask? Well, buried in her own backyard. Thank you all so much for listening and following Allison's story. Don't miss next week's episode. Be sure and tell a friend. And follow or subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, and leave a five-star review. Mistaken for Missing is a weekly podcast available every Wednesday evening. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram or visit mistakenformissing.com for the latest episodes and information regarding the case. If you have any information regarding the disappearance of Kelly Allison Whitten, please contact the Bay County Sheriff's Office at 850-747-4700. Until next week, stay safe. I'm Allison Whitten, and this is Mistaken for Missing.